and Emily Harrard. Good night and go blue. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's it? Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. First, I want to start things off with a mention of an event coming up in just a half hour. At 7 o'clock at the downtown Ann Arbor District Library is an event called Food and Justice says here there's a tremendous interest in food system issues, not only as they affect the earth, but also as they relate to racial and economic justice, hunger, and other human rights challenges. This event will mark the beginning of a community-wide discussion of related issues. It's put on by the Interfaith Council of Peace for Peace and Justice and features panel members from uh, different faiths around the area. That's tonight at 7 at the Ann Arbor District Library Uh, main room in the downtown branch of the library. So, the main focus of tonight's show, haggis. That's right, haggis. Don't walk away. This is great. Why haggis? Because a very special event that happens every year happens this Sunday. It's the commemoration of Robert Burns' birthday. Who's Robert Burns? Robert Burns is widely regarded as the National Poet of Scotland, also known as Robbie Burns, Rabbi Burns, Scotland's favorite son, the plowman poet, Robden of Solway Firth, the Bard of Ayrshire, and in Scotland simply as the Bard. He was born January 25th, 1759, so this coming Sunday, January 25th, is the anniversary of his birthday. He may be best known for his poem and song, Auld Lang Syne. Tam O'Shanter is another fairly well-known one. And he does a song about hummus. Actually, it's, it's not. A, I don't know that it's really a song. It's a poem about hummus. It is a poem about hummus. Right. But first of all, a little bit more about his literary influence. In the U.S., that can be seen uh, in John Steinbeck giving the title of his 1937 novel, Of Mice and Men. That phrase is taken from a line from Robert Burns's To a Mouse. I found this website where you can search through more than 500 of Robert Burns' poems, some long, some very short, some beautiful, some humorous. Plenty of them are not about food, but you can find his 1786 poem addressed to a toothache, which starts, My curse upon your venomed stang that shoots my tortured gums alang. And we'll hear more about that, actually, in just a moment. But hummus is the main focus. Now, you may be wondering... Did I say hummus? (laughs) It's funny because hummus is coming up later on the show, and it kind of sounds like haggis. But haggis is, in fact, the focus of this show. And you're wondering, what is haggis? I know what hummus is. Get to the haggis. Haggis is a savory pudding consisting of sheep's pluck, which is to say the heart, liver, and lungs of a sheep, minced with onion, oatmeal, suet, spices, and salt, mixed with stock, traditionally encased in the animal's stomach and simmered for three hours. Mm-mm. It's considered the national dish of Scotland. 
Robert Burns' poem, Addressed to a Haggis, was written in 1787. And haggis is traditionally served with neeps and tatties, that's turnip and potato, which are boiled and mashed separately, and a dram of scotch whiskey, especially as the main course of a traditional Burns supper. Burns suppers are held in many different places around the world, celebrating Scotland and Robert Burns. The first known recipe for a dish, the first known written recipe, I should say, for a dish of the name is, a, is in a cookbook. It dated from around 1430 in Lancashire, northwest England. And yet, haggis is known all around as the Scottish national dish. Let's get started with some jazz because we're talking about haggis. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? I mean, this is the Charlie Hunter trio, and this is called A Fistful of Haggis. Thank you. 
Isn't that lovely? Fistful of Haggis by the Charlie Hunter Trio. Song continues for seven lovely minutes, but we must continue here. Isn't it lovely, by the way, to hear some pedal steel guitar in a jazz record? I think that's pretty cool. That, that was Charlie Hunter Trio, and that came out in 95. Why, that was 20 years ago on their album Bing, Bing, Bing. I don't know if that's Bing Crosby or just saying Bing, 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 because it feels good. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and we're talking about hummus. No, we keep... T- <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, this is like one of those Uma Oprah joke things. Boy, that's going to be so funny if I keep that up. Actually, yes, I'll mention hummus later on. Actually, I'm hungry, and I'm going to have hummus for dinner. I think that's the problem. Haggis. Right. Talked about haggis as a traditional Scottish dish, including sheep's heart, lungs, and liver, oatmeal, suet, other stuff in a sheep's stomach. Now, you can't actually get it in that original form in the United States because since 1971, it's been illegal to import haggis into the U.S. from the U.K. because of a ban on food containing sheep lung, which constitutes 10 to 15 percent of the traditional recipe. And by the way, most modern commercial haggis is prepared in a sausage casing rather than an actual stomach. So now you know you need to go out and get some. You know it. This is an important piece of news. It involves President Obama and hummus, and it's not often that stories involve President Obama and hummus. Well, indirectly. This is a story from January 15th in The Spectator. Patriotic peers demanded that David Cameron, the Prime Minister of England, the UK, sorry, raise the U.S. haggis import ban with President Obama when he meets him at the White House. I don't believe that actually happened, but this is what people demanded. As Steer Pike noted yesterday, the 1971 ban on the product is under renewed scrutiny in the run-up to Burns Night, with Lord McCall demanding answers to great cheers in the House of Lords this morning. Apparently, quote, this wholesome food is much better than the junk many Americans eat, unquote. Tory peer Michael Forsyth even went as far as to demand that a special envoy on the matter be appointed immediately and suggested the former First Minister Alex Salmond might be free to take the fight directly to the Yanks. Only Labour's Lord Winston had to be a party pooper and declare that he couldn't stand the stuff, oh my God, arguing that people should be more worried about what the population of Glasgow is eating rather than the Americans. Lord Purvis of Tweed, a Liberal Democrat, raised the game by pressing for an urgent message to be sent to the Prime Minister to ask him to raise this issue with the president at their meeting later this afternoon. Again, that was January 15th. Sadly, the response from the government did not make any promises, merely repeating vague platitudes about continuing to fight the ban. Repeating vague platitudes. Have we heard that somewhere before in any other circumstances? Well, let me tell you one thing in this article is a giant haggis from McSween of Edinburgh said, handmade ceremonial haggis, serves 16, and underneath it says, Great Chief to Know the Puddin' Race. That takes us right to Robert Burns' poem, Addressed to a Haggis. I'm going to read this poem to you in English, parts of it, because it's a mighty long one. This is a mighty long poem that serves at least 16, maybe 18. Fair and full is your honest, jolly face, great chieftain of the sausage race. Above them all you take your place, Stomach, tripe, or intestines, well are you worthy of grace as long as my arm. The groaning trencher there you fill, 
your buttocks like a distant hill. Beg your pardon? Your pin would help to mend a mill in time of need, while through your pores the dews distill like amber bead. His knife see rustic labor wipe and cut you up with ready slight, trenching your gushing entrails bright like any ditch, and then, oh, what a glorious sight, warm, steaming, rich. Then spoon for spoon, the stench, the stretch, and strive. Devil take the hindmost, on they drive, till all their well-swollen bellies by and by are bent like drums. Then old head of the table, most like to burst, the grace hums. Is there that over his French ragout or oleo that would sicken a sow, or fricassee that would make her vomit with perfect disgust, looks down with sneering, scornful view on such a dinner? Poor devil! See him over his trash, as feeble as a withered rush, his thin legs a good whiplash, his fist a nut, through bloody flood or field to dash, oh, how unfit! But mark the rustic haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his tread. Clamp in his ample fist a blade, he'll make it whistle. And legs and arms and heads will cut off like the heads of thistles. Yikes! Your, you powers who make mankind your care and dish them out their bill of fare. Old Scotland wants no more watery stuff that splashes in small wooden dishes. But if you wish her a grateful prayer, give her a haggis. Yeah. Well, that's me reading it in English. But it really isn't the same unless it's read in the original Scotch with bagpipes. The address to a haggis. Fair for your honest sonsy face, great chief no the pudding race. Aboon them all, ye tack your place, pinch, tripe, or therm. Wheel are ye wordy, o' oh, a grace, as lang's my erm. The groaning trencher, there ye fill. Your hurdies like a distant hill, your pin would help to mend a mill in time of need. While through your pores the dews distill like amber bead. His knife, See rustic labour dicht, and cut ye up with ready slicht, trenching your gushing entrails bricht like ony ditch, and then, oh, what a glorious sicht, warm reeking, rich. Then horn for horn they stretch and strive, deal tack the hinmist on they drive, till all their wheel swalt kites belive are bent like drums, then old good man mayst like to rive. We thank it, hums. Is there that our his French ragout, or oleo that would stow a sou, or fricassee would macker spew with perfect scunner, looks doon with sneering, scorn for view on sick a dinner? Pair deal, see him, our his trash, as feckless as a withered rash, his spinnel shank a good whip lash, his neave a knit. Through bloody flood or field to dash, oh how unfit! But mark, the rustic, haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his tread, clapping his wailing eve a blade, he'll make it whistle, and legs and arms and heads'll sned like taps a thistle. 
ye powers, for mac mankind your care, and dish them out their bill of fare. Old Scotland wants nae skinking wear that joups and luggies. But if ye wish, her great for prayer, gie her a haggis. told you it's not the same with this radio type guy barking it out in english there you got to have it in the original scotch with a bagpipe and the burns dinner the burns supper burns night dinner and supper there are rituals involved there is the presentation of the haggis with the bagpipes playing and it's i actually had the good fortune of being in windsor ontario once when they had a Burns Night Dinner at the Kildare House in Windsor. Actually, I think that's just outside of Windsor, if I'm right about that. There was a reading of To a Haggis by a good fellow named Kit McAvoy, originally from Scotland, now a Canadian citizen, in his kilt, proudly reading To a Haggis, reading it very well, and it was a good experience. It, it just coincidentally happened to have been the 250th anniversary of Burns Night, so it was a really neat experience. Burns Night is January 25th, Sunday, and that was the birthday of Robert Burns, the Scottish poet who wrote to a haggis, which you just heard read in the original Scotch. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, still Mike, coming up at 7, face the music with R. Wolf, and how about some haggis pizza? What do you mean, no? Are you kidding? There's a London eatery that's offering a haggis pizza to mark Burns Night this year. The place is called Yard Sale Pizza, so you know it's got to be good. It's in Hackney, London, UK. It features haggis from a nearby Scottish cafe, Dini's, along with Covolo Nero, which is an Italian cabbage, black chili jam, and mozzarella. Serious Eats Haggis Pizza. Why no haggis pizza here at the U of M? I don't understand. Haggis, a beautiful thing. Now we do have some other matters to talk to you about. In fact, one of them I keep accidentally tripping over myself and saying instead. And one of them is I keep saying hummus because I'm hungry and I want hummus right now. There's going to be a presentation, a lecture next Thursday at 4 p.m. at the U of M International Institute. A presentation, a lecture called My Hummus is Bigger Than Your Hummus. No, seriously. Full title is My Hummus is Bigger Than Your Hummus on Food and Politics in Israel. Daphna Hirsch is a faculty member at the Open University of Israel. She says, How has the Arab dish of hummus become a Jewish-Israeli passion? And how should we think of the relationship between the field of politics and practices of food consumption? She'll discuss those issues next Thursday, January 29th at 4 p.m. That's at the U of M International Institute on South University Avenue in Ann Arbor. That's at 4 p.m. that day. And how did I find out about that for the first time? Why, I checked WCBN.org. That's what I did. WCBN has a website, which also happens to be called WCBN.org, as I just said. There's a listing of concert listings, concert information, events info. There's a special classical concerts list, all of those and more at WCBN.org. That is where I first found out about the lecture called 
My Hummus is Bigger Than Your Hummus, coming up next Thursday at 4 p.m. at the U of M International Institute. Now, I mentioned earlier that haggis, talking about haggis again, consists of things other than, you know, sheep lungs and liver and heart and stuff. In fact, there is a vegetarian haggis. I've had it, and I don't know whether I can recommend it or not, but I've had it. There is a vegetarian haggis, but there are a lot of other things in there, including the oatmeal and the onions and other things. Looks like Booker T and the MGs are more inclined to just say, mo onions, please. Mo onions. Goes a little something like this. Yes, Booker T and the MGs, and they want Mo Onions. I'm not sure if they want any Mo Haggis. I'd like to hear their song Mo Haggis, but there I don't have. I think there is one. This is WCBN, and um, about Haggis. One more thought on Haggis. In that poem, if you just heard it and you heard the English translation and the Scottish, it seems to suggest that Scotsmen and Scotswomen are stronger and prouder because they eat Haggis. Forget people who eat that. French stuff and those little stuff in bowls and forget about that. 
Scottish folk because the Ithagas are stronger and, and, and can fight battles and chop people's arms off and things. However, there is a case that to a haggis may be ironic, says Alastair Braidwood of the BBC. In Burns Day, haggis was not an everyday meal, and it could be described as a luxury item. As this was the case, it is not beyond possibility that Burns' address was ironic in its praise for the dish and was pointing the finger at those who would revere it. Hmm. So maybe it's a little bit of an over-exaggerated love of the haggis thing going on there. Maybe so. Well, one final note before we head on. Actually, I need to uh, cue this uh, wonderful song up here that uh, it's not about haggis, but it's something that is a, a distant cousin of haggis. I think they uh, they have the same lineage, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. In the meantime, I do want you to know this is a solemn moment now, it's a moment of silence. The CEO of the Tootsie Roll Industries has died at the age of 95. Company spokeswoman Brooke Pruitt-Vane says Melvin Gordon died Tuesday in Boston after a brief illness. Gordon ran the Chicago-based company for 53 years. It makes 64 million Tootsie Rolls a day and other favorites, including Junior Mints and a couple of others. I don't think I'll mention those, but Gordon celebrated the Tootsie Rolls 100th anniversary in 1996 by touring the Chicago factory with an Associated Press reporter. He scooped up one of the warm candies from the assembly line and tasted it, saying, There's nothing like a hot Tootsie Roll. Yeah. To a Tootsie Roll. Fair chieftain of the Tootsie race. Will we go there? We won't go there. But thank you anyway for that. Thank you for listening. I've been Mike for a while. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. Arbolf and Face the Music coming up in just moments. Never, never stop listening to WCBN or staring intently at WCBN.org. Now, we've talked about the stuff with the shrimps. Uh, shrimps. I'm starting, the words are starting to disappear out of my mouth. The shrimps, the lungs, the hearts, the, the lungs, and all that kind of stuff. There's that, and then there's its distant cousin, chitlins, usually the small intestines of a pig, although intestines of cattle and other animals, sometimes so named as chitlins, Let's go out with a little bit of a Chitlin Switch Blues, shall we? Let's switch over to that. Slim and Slam, Slim Gaylord and Slam Stewart. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Chitlin Switch Blues, the Chitlin Switch Blues, the Chitlin Switch Blues. Oh, babe, I got the blues, pretty mama, blues around my head. Yes, yes. Now you told me you didn't love me, now I wish I was dead. Yes, yes. 
Slim Gallard. Thank you, Mike, for playing Slim Gallard. That was delightful. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is R. Wolf, R. Wolf, and the show is Face the Music. I'd like to take you back to 1928. We're in New Orleans, Louisiana, and this is Albert Bruni's and his Halfway House Orchestra. I haven't looked at a map, but this is the Wiley Avenue Blues. So if we all want to turn to our Crescent City maps, maybe we can hunt this avenue down. (laughs) 